gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. And I mentioned before, how do your tickets behave? That's what I mentioned. <laughs> how, do, how do they behave? Do you ever keep an eye on your tickets and go, what are you doing? You know, when you when you close the email or shut the drawer, what's going on? No, not exactly like that. But ticket behavior and ticket purchasing behavior is uh, obviously a hot commodity amongst those trying to sell events to us. Um, and what's happened is Tixel, which is the um, – and we're not sponsored by Tixel, but I will say I actually really rate Tixel as a, as a platform. Tixel is a, a reselling of ticket marketplace, mm. and I'm sure everyone's familiar with how jibbed you can get trying to buy tickets. And if you're a regular listener to Homebrewed, you know that there's some unscrupulous actors in that space, namely Via Gogo, who um, will just not – do a very good job in at selling you a, a ticket that someone else is trying to sell. Tixel isn't that. They do a r- really good stuff. So props to Tixel. We're not sponsored by them. I just like their service. But <laughs> but if you want to. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to send us $100. No. Uh, Tixel and Bolster. Um, so Tixel's the ticket marketplace and Bolster is a culture marketing agency. Big Have, fans of Bolster too. I don't know much about Bolster. I, n- neither do I, but yeah. since we're throwing out, if you want to throw money our way. Oh, yeah, true. I'll Sorry. give you compliments. Bolster, $1 million. <laughs> I'll send you the account details. <laughs> no, uh, they uh, researchers from both of those uh, organizations, they've teamed up. They've done a second uh, report on in the ticketing state of play, um, and they're looking at ticketing behaviors and how that's gone on and impacted uh buying behaviours and how we attend events generally. Now, this piqued my interest because this is this is everything to do with the things that either excite you or annoy you about buying tickets. Um, and if we look to the – excuse me, I'm about to burp. And it's happened. I just did that. Well, I don't think I've done that before. <laughs> um, sometimes you just can't avoid them. Like it wasn't a fart. But well, anyway. But that, that, that was like me last week. I got so close and I just – I can't remember if I yawned or... Was it was a cough? Or, no, you lost your voice and then Yeah, coughed, I don't know. Yeah. Something happened, but anyway. Anyway. It happens to the best of us, is it, what I'm saying. It does. <laughs> um, but no, the what's interesting about this is, is so if we look to what's annoyed us about ticket sales, look to rolling sets and how that all went down earlier in the year or only a couple of months ago. So rolling sets, festival happening, entrance Memorial Park, December 9th, fantastic lineup, Jungle Giants, Spacey Jane, Moving Stills, local band. Ocean Alley. Ocean Alley, Dead Shows, really cool stuff. They went ahead um, and launched, a, you know, you get the pre-sale, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a ballot for the pre-sale, you can sign up for that. They allocated tickets for that. They anticipated demand. That demand exceeded the allocation. So a lot of people were left unhappy because they couldn't access the cheaper price tickets. So that's an example of it all going belly up. But that was an entirely, as all events are, crafted way of of building hype and delivering and selling um, your tickets. And then if we look at the good ways, for example – Pitch Music and Arts Festival, I got a ticket to, that's early next year. I had to sign up to a ballot, makes you feel all exclusive, your ballot. Then you get really, when you get granted access and you found you've actually, you know, been selected in the ballot, you get access to tickets where others may not have. So you get that feeling of exclusivity. I saw it as my only moment to be able to get tickets, so bought them. So you've got kind of two sides of that coin that have all affected us in in the last couple of months. So this stuff that is really important and it does inform how events go down. And so part of what this uh, has found is is a lot of what we have been 
seeing and noticing over the last few years is ticketing behavior has changed a lot and ticket purchasing behavior has changed a lot amongst people um, partly because of the pandemic and now a large part because of cost of living, of course. Um, so this report, one of the takeaways that pricked my interest was that the the people are tightening their belts, namely millennials, which I, th- I think Cameron and myself fit into. Gen Z is still splurging on events. So Gen Z are the ones after us, is that, I, I think. Oh, is, is this how I've interpreted it? Cam and I are late 20s. Gen oh, Z is... Okay, well, apparently Gen Z is mid-1990s to mid-2010s. What? Which is us. So what's a millennial? But I thought millennials is apparently between 1981 and 1996. So we're that too. But there's apparently a six-year crossover between the generations. I don't know. I always God. thought millennials would have made sense to be from 2000 onwards. but We're going to have to do a music news on I hate how they divide generations. Oh, how Never annoying clear. is it? So annoying. Anyway, Gen Z is <laughs> still splurging on events. They're still spending their money on events while millennials um, who are burdened with financial obligations such as – People who in their late twenties are starting to develop a lot of bills and responsibilities and bit insurances, of rent, bit of a mortgage, exactly increasing petrol prices, all these sorts of things that are, I guess, yeah, you have less of just a disposable income like you might if you're still in your teens or your early twenties, where you might still be at home, you might not have to pay board to your parents, so the outcome you just you don't have that expenditure. Therefore, you can buy festival tickets. That's right. And even at that age, you know, you're not even as focused on saving or whatever else. You just kind of, yeah. you're just living and spending, which is great. Um, everyone needs to go through that phase. Um, so Gen Z is still uh, splurging on events. Millennials who are burdened with more financial obligations are tightening their belt uh, like us. Um, Jet X, who are more financially secure, are less Im- impacted by the economic fluctuations of the now. So what you're saying is our generation, we think of Gen Z, we're just stuck in a middle ground of yeah. <laughs> we're broke and we don't – so we're, we have the responsibilities that the generation below us don't have, but we're broke because we don't have the financial security that the generation ahead of us have. That's exactly right. So That's a great horrible, way to put it. A horrible middle ground <laughs> is our generation. So we're the worst people to sell tickets to, <laughs> um, literally. And what they've found with this is that the, the cost and pricing of tickets, $1 to $2, can dictate whether people buy really quickly or it can impact 10 to 20% of ticket sales. So if you think about yourself, what does influence whether you buy a ticket or not what would make that easier and what would make that harder? Cost of living is hitting hard. If if it was, you know, in the $10 region below what it may be, maybe you're more inclined to buy. This is all marketing and things like that. Um, and so they're, they're finding that ticket pricing is a balancing act. Um, it's not just the cost of the ticket. And this is something I've really found myself doing when I'm considering events now. It's not just the cost of the ticket that I'm considering. It's the whole experience's expenses, which yeah. could be the travel to and from. Um, it can be the food on the day. It can be accommodation. It can be yeah. alcohol if you are going to drink. It's all that kind of stuff because you can't look at these tickets in just isolation. You go, this is going to be a $150 ticket but a $500 day. Oh, yeah, it really creeps up when you add everything else on top of it. It's the same if you're going on a holiday. You think, cool, flights, accommodation, X, but you've still got all your spending money, which really, really does sort of multiply, almost double, really, what 
you, you thought you were going to spend. So these are certainly considerations that we do have to make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the other findings that I found really interesting is that ticket buying timelines are shrinking. Um, so people are holding off on purchasing tickets, which is a bit of a hangover from COVID, but they're also finding that um, events that are more, uh, I suppose, like there's the ones that you know exactly what they are and they're big and they're established. They're selling out sweet. We're seeing arena shows like, of course, Taylor Swift being one example of that. They're selling out no worries. But these smaller events that aren't proven yet or people might be a bit unsure about aren't. And the ticket buying windows that are being adopted aren't necessarily sticking. Um, people are holding off on purchasing until last minute if they think it might be a flop. We've seen a range of events cancelled throughout this mm. year for that reason. But also, I think people still have that hangover from COVID where they were used to things being cancelled. So they just wait until the last minute to purchase a ticket. That's another thing I've found myself definitely guilty of. And that's something that we, we've mentioned on the show before and something that we've heard when we've been speaking to, to managers and labels and you know artist PR managers and all that sort of stuff where they do say that ticket sales – you know, there's a lot more people buying on the door than there used to be pre-COVID. And as you mentioned, it's sort of a, a COVID hangover, but it's also financial as well. Like I might think, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to afford this ticket in three months time because my car rego is due in between or I've got, you know, X and X interest rates have just gone up. So maybe I need my mortgage will increase. I don't know if I can afford to splurge on the festival ticket. I'll just wait until that day and see what I've got in my bank account and if I can justify the spending. So it's probably a, a combination of both of those factors as to why we're seeing people buy tickets later. Yeah, that's that's literally it. And I like I know I've I found myself, oh, I won't get it now, I'll get it when I don't have X amount of outgoings, whether it's bills, car repairs, you know, whatever else. And the outgoings just continue That's anyway. right. The perfect window doesn't happen and then you just end up having to spend it or you miss out. But these are all trends that are affecting people and what they're seeing is ticket sales are becoming very uneven. So as we said, for those big events, the arena events, um, the, the one time in town shows, those kind of things, they're selling out, selling like hotcakes, selling like never before. Whereas the other events, um, even if you look at Splendor in the Grass this year, used to be a surefire hit, guaranteed sellout, are no longer such. And that's because of what you spoke about where if an event has a little bit of scepticism around it, then the, you know whether they don't know whether it will go ahead, whether they don't know how successful it will be, people might not buy a ticket until the last minute. And Splendor's fallen victim to that because of the terrible weather that we had last year and as well as the traffic queues and all the chaos that happened as a result. And the the outcome of that was that we saw less ticket sales for Splendor this year. Yeah, it didn't sell out for the first time in quite some time. Um, but what this means broadly, like, and, and why we're wanting to talk about it is for, for the music industry generally, this isn't necessarily ideal stuff. Part of this report is to provide uh, event organisers and things with better ways to manage and strategies that might, you know, provide a clearer picture for people or a more enticing sell. But when you look at it from our perspective as people who assess uh, the health of the, of the music scene in Australia, you can see one part of it doing really well. But as we know, the event spaces are getting harder. And I suppose the worry when you see this data kind of quantified like this is that it means slowly throughout this year, there's been a number of factors that have would mean that event organizers are probably losing confidence if you're to put yourself in the shoes mm. of like a, a big festival or a multi-day event organizer or something like that. 
we've seen so many cancelled this year for a range of fa- factors from from economic to weather to everything in between. Um, then we're seeing this data come out. We're seeing some things do really well. We're seeing others kind of flop or not flop and not do too well. If you're an event organiser, that's going to build trepidation because tens of thousands of dollars hinge on these decisions being right. Mm. And we don't want to see organisers you know, retreat and less events happen because that's not good for the Australian music industry. That's not good for opportunities for artists either. So if you're listening to this wondering, well, what should I do? I would say buy with confidence and it's something I'm going to try and start doing too. Buy with a bit more confidence and certainty. If you know you want to go to it or even if you don't, just just buy the thing. And, you, I mean, you can resell these things too, which is a, a recent you know, safety net that is good too. And a lot of these events, if they do cancel, you'll get your refund. So you're safe on that front. And if you're anything like me, if it's in your calendar or in your diary, you're more likely to go and do it. So if you buy your ticket, you might be more likely to actually go to the event that you want to go to as opposed to making an excuse of, I'm tired, I've got a bit of a a headache or, you know, I've got work early in the morning, whatever the case is. If it's in your diary, you got the ticket there's a good chance you're going to go. And if you, you know, if you, that, if it is someone you want to see, buying a ticket is a good thing as long as it's not going to put you in financial bankruptcy or that, yeah, and that any goes hardships. That saying, That's, it's yeah. understandably a very difficult time right now. It's not getting easier. A lot of price gouging going on. Um, so, you know, we're, we're getting a bit screwed and, uh, and that's completely understood. But if you are in a position uh, and you know you're going to go to these things anyway, buy with confidence, give promoters and event organisers that same confidence and there in turn give opportunities to Australian artists because we don't want these things to start drying up. It's been a pretty tough period coming out of COVID as it is. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's uh, we'll pretty much conclude the music news for this evening. Uh, if you tuned in a little bit halfway through, which is a possibility because we do talk a little bit in the music news and yeah you might be interested to hear the full thing the full podcast is available every thursday we upload the music news sort of roughly in the morning around 4 4 30 i think we we schedule it to go up and you can you can hear it on your podcasting platform of choice your ppoc on thursdays and of course this evening we spoke to jack McEwen from psychedelic porn crumpets that'll be happening on your PPOC from 9 o'clock. Half an hour's time, you'll be able to catch that one too. And you know what? If you tune in on Thursday, drive to work, you'll get to hear me burp. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I probably won't cut it out, so you'll get to hear the burp live. <laughs> get to hear well, the burp not live. live. You'll hear the live burp recorded <laughs> and then replayed on the podcast. It'll be our band name, the Thursday. live burp recorded. <laughs> Get it all at www.homebrewed.au. Why is it not your internet homepage right now? Yeah, if it's not, I, I don't see any other reason why you would need to use the internet other than to access <laughs> our content. And if there is another reason, I'd like you to email it to me and I can deem whether it's worthy or not. And that email can be found at www.homebrewed.au. Ta-ta!